Right. So, ready this, to go. I don't know what number this is of podcast, but welcome to Where There's a Will with Will. I'm here with Nathan. Hello. Nathan is a very qualified person to talk on many subjects, but um, we don't know what we're going to do just yet. This is no. our sixth podcast. It may well be. We've been draining. We've been draining the pool since we got back. We've we've had about an hour or or so. Probably an of hour and chatting, a half. Yeah. Of bits and pieces so we don't really know where we go we just put a usual to our podcast to be fair it's, yeah. it starts one place and it tends to just wander in different directions at least we're not intoxicated today so yeah usually we're sort of like there's something in our blood partway inebriated <laughs> yeah. by something or other that was that one that we did that sort of was was the proto podcast Mm-hmm. Uh, around mine and we just got really stoned really stoned <laughs> <laughs> just chatted <laughs> absolute nonsense I, I couldn't tell you what I spoke about that night because I think I I think I like there was many times where I was like halfway through a sentence and then just forgot what I was talking about I think it was a lot of Neil Gaiman I think that's what you were into at the time yeah I mean I was stoned yeah I could talk about Neil Gaiman for fucking ages but yeah so where do you want to start I don't know. Maybe you should introduce yourself, seeing as like this is going to be one of the first podcasts that I release. I yeah. am releasing them now. It's a uh, it's official. I haven't made the website yet, but that's to do this weekend. We're doing it. Um, okay. Well, I'm uh, Nathan Bedford. I'm um, a 26 year old uh, student at Falmouth University currently, uh, my third year of Game Arts BA, and uh, I specialise in concept art. But I also do character modelling. And the like of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I will do an intro for myself later because that makes sense. Why would I introduce myself on my own podcast? Yeah. Um, Maybe just start with that as your. Well, I've got to do. I'm, I'm thinking of doing like a. I need to figure out what music track I want to use. I've got a few tracks that I could use bits mm. of because I made them. But um, yeah, need to do an intro. Mm. And like from podcasts I listen to that are good, they've got like a consistent intro that every time that intro comes on, I'm like, fuck yeah, banging this podcast. That's actually something I was going to mention to you because, uh, you know, there's there's just like a little bit of like of of polish that you you can keep your free form and like non edited, but that that little polish that like right at the start of the podcast or and stuff like that's kind of nice to see. So um, it'd be cool to see what you do with that. Yeah, I was going to say graphics wise for like a website, um, I'm happy to like contribute. I've been I've recently sort of been chipping away uh, um, learning After Effects. Yeah. Yeah. So I did like a little um, uh, hexagon uh, pulse thing. Oh, cool. And it, uh, but like also I put this um, the time displacement thing on. So like a sine wave. Uh, no. So time displacement, like it, you, if you put a gradient on it, basically it'll. Um, so like you have like a one piece of one piece of animation, right? Mm-hmm. And if you put a gradient on it, I put like a radial, not radial, um, a linear, no, an angled gradient. Oh, so yeah. like it starts back here and then it goes like gray, 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 round a clock. Gray, gray. Yeah, like, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not not a visual thing. But, um, uh, so, um, but that will displace the time in which the animation is doing into slices and you can up the slices depending on like how much you want so I did like six so it then turns in almost into like this clock thing that mm-hmm. like you know it's like a pulse that then goes around in a circle oh cool um, 
but or like a spiral, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. And uh, from doing just like maybe like a twenty minute tutorial, I just learned a lot from that on like how to do um, cool graphical animations. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to eventually get to a point where I can do some stuff like um, like making animatics. Yeah, sick. So um, I found like a really cool um, website which I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but Adi, our um, lecturer, showed me him. Adi, the legend. Yeah, he's great. He arrived third year. I just, I'm just, I'm only upset that I've only had him for a year. Yeah. It's so, it's he's so good. He's just so good. He's just mm. very encouraging. Always seems to have like some kind of resource that you can, act, like, yeah. adequately look at and and like find something interesting in. And also like me and him have, because like when he first showed up, he was obviously new lecturer and I think it's the first job he's had as a teacher I think he's come from industry to teaching yeah but like when he first got into the sessions he was quite as you would be you know like here's a group of kids essentially 20 year olds that all know each other Mm. and all have their cliques and then obviously you're trying to integrate yourself with a group of lecturers who all know each other and have history and like especially somewhere like Falmouth which is so small right like yeah I imagine trying to integrate in and he was the only one doing that at the time now this this since Christmas, they've got a whole bunch more staff on, so those yeah. guys can all sort of be like, "Oh, where are all the new guys?" So let's let's talk to each other. But I feel mm. like Ad was sort of on his own to an extent, yeah. for a little bit. He very quickly integrated himself. But I made sure that I was like, "Hey, dude, who are you? What, what's your story?" Who like mm. so? And then he sort of was interested in Houdini, which is like the program that I'm learning. Mm. Um, and so we would like commonly share like little tidbits and tips and stuff. And now it's to the point where like. He'll send me like videos of Houdini and I send him videos of like different things you can do in Houdini. Because it's such a big program, right? Like there's a there's the thing called physics painting, which is so fucking cool. It's like you you take a model, a base mesh, mm. and then you have a brush that you load with uh, really low topology meshes. Right. And uh, so the example I saw was uh, like a rock and then you get like a bunch of low topology meshes like pine cones and sticks and then you paint with a brush and they will fall onto the rock in like physics based ways wow and then you press dry and it freezes them all and locks them to the geology uh, the geometry and then you paint again and you can get layers and layers and layers of these and then you just put a node down it swaps out that uh, geometry for high res geometry Mm. and you've got a rock that's adorned with sticks and pine cones in a really natural feeling way Mm. that took you about five minutes whereas like if you were going to do that traditionally you'd have to sit there and hand place them all and find each individual spot be like does that look right does that look like it's where it would be if gravity had affected it is that hovering in the air yeah none of that shit it's amazing yeah it's interesting I know that you uh, you're really into your Houdini. Right I'm now. a bit of a zealot. Um, it, it sounds like that's where um, Substance Designer and um, Houdini kind of cross over as well. Because mm-hmm. Substance Designer are great at that, where you can make procedurally generated textures, but they're just like three uh, D models that three um, D assets that are just like placed in randomly. Subs- is that Substance Designer? Designer, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But that's like a lot of work. It's not like you just... Yeah, you um, have to... I feel like... Well, it's funny as well because Houdini, like, there's a node and it's just the substance node. You just put it down and you can instantly take your node network from Substance Designer and apply it to things in in Houdini. Houdini Yeah, okay. 
That's really cool, though. Yeah. I am... Um, I'm working currently on, like... Uh, I was t telling you this earlier, like, making the model for my game um, of, like, making the monkey mo model, and... We should probably point out that in Falmouth we have to work with other people to make games. Yeah. It's part of the course. Which um, is, is is great. It has its frustrating moments, but... Oh, God, yeah. Teamwork uh, is, uh, is, uh, is the best and worst of times, right? Yeah, and, like... I mean, it... It's great to point out that, like, there's lots of really talented people on a course. Those people, like, are afraid to say that, like, some of the most talented people don't really get that also you have to be good with people. Yeah. And not just, like, um, good at what you do. Well, it's quite easy to just uh, think, well, I'm so good that it doesn't, like... And often, I think, as well, you're when you're so good, it's because you've done nothing but work on your craft, right? So mm. you haven't had that time to develop those social soft, soft skills. skills. Yeah. Would you... So... So like vital to working in a team that it's it, it's almost a role in itself. You know what I mean? Like man, managing um, managing relationships, like trying to keep on top of people who are. I know that like that kind of falls down to producer, but like when it comes to like our our teams like that, we don't have the opportunity. It's to do a that. flat hierarchy, right? Mm. So we're yeah. all stuck on the same level of seniority. Yeah, and um, in. My team, I do have a producer, but um, he's also the writer, and he like does work, um, writing narrative, writing you know. Yeah, his job is not just solely producer. He's got yeah. other shit to get on with. Yeah, though that I think like that has a lot to do with, which I don't think like he does. You know, we're all like learning. Like I think like he like I see producers would be different to the way he perceives it. Um, I see it as like this management of like social skills and like trying to make sure that people are like kind of gelling and getting along well and like if there's a problem like when it comes to if it comes like um, you know within the team you try to sort of like sort out the best solution for that problem as opposed to um, letting it just work out by itself yeah right? you're maybe not you personally are like sorting it out but you're trying to get the best people um, involved. Yeah. Well, like in my head, the producer's job is to like maintain team efficiency, right? So yeah. if that means lubricating the wheels by making sure that person A and person B, even though they're arguing, it's like, well, can we like come to a common ground on this so that we can move mm -hmm. on? Or if sometimes that's like, okay, well, the team's working really hard, but they're all knackered. So I'm going to go quickly grab donuts for everyone. So everyone like perks up for the last two hours of the day or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's sort of the producer's role, right? Is to make sure that everyone, and then on top of that, you're staying on top of what's the most important thing for the project. What's the, what's the critical stuff for us to achieve what we want to achieve. Let's not have someone, you know, like you would happily sit there and concept till the end of the day. You know what I mean? But if, yeah. if it's more important that you make the 3d model or it's more important that we get these textures done, right? Like it, that's the producer's job is to be like, I know you want to do that, but we need you to do this, do this right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's, um, <coughs> I don't know if that's exactly how it works in industry, but like, I think right now it, we could be, do with a bit more of that. Mm. 
I think it's a common problem with teens, right? Yeah. It's people people might be great at doing what they do, but it's like it's not actually helping us move the project forward at yeah. this point. That's that's why I always think that like I'd rather have people like I'd rather have like a bunch of people who are like mediocre at their jobs, but like willing to work hard and like and gel well. Gel well is way easier than having a load of really really skilled people who are just like. No, this is how I do it, and if you're not, if that's not how you want it done, then that's too bad. Yeah, oh, there's nothing worse than trying to convince someone that the way that you're doing it is less efficient than the way this way that we could do it. Yeah, and it's and it's hard as well because it's like to an extent, it's like what do you know? Not you personally. Like yeah. what does what does one know? It's like you don't know my process, so how could you possibly tell me how to do my job better? Yeah, and like like I have to say like as well like that. That comment isn't like directed to like at my team specifically. Like, you know, there are times when they're that, and then there's times where they're like they're really good at what they do, and everybody gets on well, and, like things go well. But, um, yeah, and like if there's like a problem that needs solving really fast, and someone comes along and goes, "Well, this is the most efficient way to do it," and you're like, "Yeah, but it wouldn't be as efficient if I have to now learn it mm-hmm. and then do it." Like, yeah. it'd be more efficient for me to just do it the way I know how to do it. And then maybe afterwards we can iterate. Yeah. And learn. But, like, right now this job needs to be done in the next two days. And it will take me two days to learn the way you're suggesting. And then... And sometimes there is no other way, right? Like, yeah. so I was listening to a podcast with the guy who made uh, the most recent God of War game. And uh, they've got no cutscenes in that game, as you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the technical undertaking of that was ridiculous and when the guy was asked by the interviewer in the in the podcast he was uh, this guy Sean Johnson he, he's like so how did you how did you get that to work and he's like we had to brute force it like with them it didn't work it was not an easy thing it took four years and right up until six months before they were like shipping people were like can we cut this because it's not going to work it's not working we don't know how to get it to work yeah it's like it doesn't work in all of these edge case examples and it was like no you we're going to have to brute force it because this is an important thing to this game. This is a feature that this is, is really pure. critical. Yeah, It's really critical. So we need to get it to work. And there was no way to get it to work in every situation. So they just literally had to get artists or level designers to sit down and be like, okay, how do we get it? so that the ca-? And they had to manually manipulate it so that the camera would move into this position where it needs to be. And they need to put down different trigger points to manually change where the camera is so that it could never make... The, the the I don't know like break immersion yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah and it's and it's I think it's uh, to a point like what you're saying is yes there's a more effect like there's a more efficient way of doing it but mm. it's uh but is it gonna work or is it gonna be something that you invest all this time and energy into for it to not work and then you're left with no product at the end of it exactly yeah I'm oh. Uh, to change the subject a bit, I'm really interested in what people are going to do after university. Yeah. Well, so that's kind of like the point of these podcasts that I'm going to do over the next four months is like grabbing all the people who are, I think, going to go somewhere right. and have jobs and get them before they got their jobs and just hear like, yeah. I don't know, like hear like what they thought and their process and like their insecurities and maybe like offer some support to people who are like scared and think they're not good enough. And it's like... Mm. Because then I can re- revisit them like three years from now and like, you know, 
I mean, I imagine we'll probably do a lot more podcasts than just one in three years' time. Yeah, and then what have they done, like, from now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a cool little, like, time capsule? And then maybe... That would be really cool. And and also, it was really flattering that you think that I would go somewhere, because... Nate, you're... Right now. <laughs> I know... <laughs> I do feel like... <laughs> yeah, I know you don't, but it's, 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 it's impossible for me to look at your art and not, like, envy, at very least, your hand skill. And I don't mean that in, like, a... Oh, fucking new, new, new. I just mean like, I very much admire the skill that you have in your hand, at least. Like, there's lots of things you do really well, but I think the the confidence that your hand possesses from just countless hours of practice mm. is something that I wish I had, and I'm working towards. But it's it's something I don't feel like I have because I haven't put the mileage in. I just haven't got the same. You've been drawing how many years? I mean, I, I've been drawing since... I, I never really stopped drawing from, like, a very, very young age. It's like, one of those fuckers. It's one of them. It's like, <laughs> where do you really start? Like, like, I drew when I was a kid. And I didn't stop drawing. It was always something I enjoyed. And then maybe when I was 13, I kind of went, this could actually be a job. And it was when I... Um, yeah, I was like 12, 13, and I found Dot. Uh, .org and like the way I found it was um, I I found out about concept art like as a thing and I was like huh like this is a thing now like and this is a job and you can actually get paid to just draw for video games or for movies or for animation yeah there's a lot of stories that start like that it's like you were just drawing just because you loved it and then one day you're like, oh, wait, people do this. This not just... For, for a thing, yeah. Yeah, people get paid and make a living from doing this. Exactly. And I just, I was on, like, I was Googling just, just random shit, like, one day. Because, like, like, when I was, like, 12, 13, like, it, that was, like, a couple of years after we just got the internet for the first time. And especially on you know, broadband, like, it's one thing to have, like, uh, like, internet, but, like, we, I had dial-up until, like, about this oh, time. Dial-up. So... Um, I started taking advantage of really fast broadband um, and going on the internet and looking up cool stuff um, and uh, especially doing my art and um, honestly like I didn't even think to myself oh I could do this for a, for a living um, when I saw the concept art I was just looking for cool stuff to draw yeah just just to copy to emulate yeah. so I found like concept art's like a really cool source for that so I just put like concept art into Google and it came, the first thing that came up was conceptart.org. And I just, I don't think, I think I post once on there. And um, I didn't get much of a response. I think I got like two or three comments. Um, because it wasn't a consistent poster. Um, which is how you get those sort of responses. But I just trawled through sketchbooks and, um, and like paintings that people had done. And like, it turns out now that that was where all the people who are now in industry were hanging out. Mm-hmm. But you found it by accident. By accident, as a 13-year-old kid. And almost before it was a thing, almost. Like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Original adopter, almost. It's not even a thing anymore, is it? Concept art door. It's I think it's dead it, now. It exists, it? but it, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty dead. Um, Can you pass my water? Yeah, of course. Thank um, you. The first thing I posted on there was uh, a... Um, I don't know whether you know the zombie, uh, zombie, Marvel zombie sort of universe... What one? The Marvel Zombie universe. No. I might have seen images from it, but... Yeah, well, it, 
it's one of like the, the multiverse in the Marvel comics is that, uh, that they have a uh, a universe where there was a zombie outbreak and then the superheroes got infected and then they ate Galactus and that gave them um, galactic powers so they could fly around the universe. And it all just got a bit weird, but... As did all comics in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the time I thought it was really cool. I still kind of think it's kind of cool. But um, I decided to do a portrait of Colonel America, which in this alternative universe is the Captain America. doesn't look that different part fact that he's a zombie and he's a colonel and, and he captain. loves Kentucky Fried Chicken man he's, just, he's so into fried chicken <laughs> um, and I did that and I posted it on there so that was the thing I was like proud enough to go and I, even back then I was photo bashing textures into my paintings yeah um, and stuff like that and I was like looking up YouTube tutorials on how to do that like the best and like playing around with layer types and so I've been doing Photoshop since I was 13 years old so yeah, about 13 years worth of Photoshop experience. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because Photoshop's how old is a program? Like 20 years old? It can't yeah. be much older than that, right? So Yeah, I started using it when it was um, CS2. Fuck me! Yeah. So yeah, really early adopter. Yeah, I... But never really tried, like learned how to utilise it until like now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you also I think it's like, um, it's like anything, where if you are practicing on your own and it's one of the, the like the big questions of the the internet isn't it do i need to go to school to become an artist mm. and it's like no but you need to find a, a group of people that you can not compare yourself to because it's not healthy but like to look at and see their level of competency and their level of work because it will raise you up into what you mm. think is possible you know when you're just in your room on your own it's very easy to just stay oh, my work's this level and that's the level of my work. But if you're constantly surrounded by people, I remember being in first year and sitting at home and just like watching shit YouTube videos and then I just go onto Facebook and I see your name and I'm like, Nate's probably drawing right now. I should be drawing right now. Like, there's no there's no reason for me to be sat there doing nothing. Yeah, I I think that's a really good point. Is like when it comes to like going to school for work for art, it's, yeah, it, it like... We've had a great opportunity and we were on a great course because we've got some great lecturers and tutors and, um, you know, we're a great cohort of really, really talented people. But I'd say if I had the resources available, like if I had known about the resources that are available right now or when I started university, I probably would just put my time and money into that. Yeah. Um, and just found a bunch of people that I can like, trade work with because I, I remember I went to an industry workshop a couple of years ago and um, a one of the speakers were saying something and it's it's pretty obvious but it kind of hit home to me it was like you go onto like stuff like ArtStation um, Instagram like you know even Facebook sometimes and you just have like a, a news feed full of, of work and you look at your work and go how can my work compare to all this it's like but it doesn't need to yeah it you're you're comparing all of your work, even the shitty stuff, to a sea of professionals. Yeah. And like to me, that was like, you're fucking right. Like I, I, I you know, I, I need to be ready to to fail a little bit, but also like, I don't have to be better than all these people. I just have to be sort of like 
I have to be hitting that bar, that minimum bar to get to get into the industry, and then after that, it's um, it's up. It's always up. Like it's you, on you to progress. Yeah, but I don't have to be better than uh, Sparth, Sparth, or Kim Jong Il, or you know people like that, or like I don't for a lot of the time, you know you see people who are animators who are concept artists who are 3D modelers and character modelers and, and, and all this other stuff and like I don't have to be all of that I just have to be this one thing and I have to be good at that thing yeah I would uh, I would argue as well like there's a really brilliant um, I've not read the book I need to read the book but it's by this guy Serini uh, Serini Rao he has a podcast called The Unmistakable Creative right and it's uh, something right. I've listened to a lot and he's got a very diverse group of people that go on to his podcast he talks to people like uh, uh, not Tony Robbins but like that kind of people he talks to uh, people who run like cooking workshops in the south of France he talks to people who are like artists he talks to people who are businessmen he talks to people who are pro surfers he talks to people all sorts of people that's what's really interesting about his podcast but he wrote this book uh, called Why Only Is Better Than Best and one of the examples he always uses is um, there's a guy, and you know beer commercials, right? Like mm. uh, adverts for beer, they have their nice Fosters, this beautiful glistening bottle of beer, right? Mm-hmm. There's only one dude on the planet who knows how to get beer to look, well, maybe not one dude who knows how to get beer to look like that, but there's one guy whose name is the guy when you want your beer bottle to look right in a commercial. He's the dude you call. Right. And so the point Serini makes is that if you can be the only person who does this thing, that's way better than being the best person at one thing or another, right? Because yeah. as good as you might be, if you're the best, that means there's competition. That means there's people chomping at the bit. That means you're fighting everyone else. If you're the only person who does this thing, and it could be something that's not even that amazingly technical or difficult or, do you know what I mean? It's just finding that niche yeah. and nailing it. And then you can charge whatever you want because <laughs> you're the person who's in demand, right? And it's uh, obviously it's difficult to achieve that, but I think it's just about working smart and being. Yeah, and I think like you don't even have to be like the only person doing something. No, you just have to be the only person doing it your way. Yeah, like it's possible for all of us to succeed. It's not you against me and and him against her. It's like everybody can 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 succeed in their own way. Rising tide raises all ships, right? Yeah, and like I think you do run into people quite a lot who feel sort of the opposite, and I guess like I felt like that for a while too, but you like you meet people and go, I don't want you to like. I remember like running into information like that really up my game and going, I don't really want to tell anybody about this because then they'll just like oh like I won't like this is my my ace in the hole this is my like this my, is my edge yeah this is like the weapon in my back pocket sort of thing and we go no like people, people plenty of people know about this else I won't know about it yeah and if I'm actually worth my soul it's better to be a like it's the, to get people to like as, as high as they possibly can um, and compete with them than with withhold information from people who you know could use it as well as you could or even better and go oh you like I have an analogy for this and so it's like if you're playing Street Fighter and you're playing against someone who doesn't know the buttons withholding the buttons from them 
yeah. is just being an asshole. Well, it doesn't exercise but, your right as a as a as a player of being better than being being good, right? Well, that's like, yeah. If you can just if you can sit there and go, well, I've got information that you don't, um, and I you know, and I'm unwilling to share it with you. It doesn't exercise you being good. It just means that you're an asshole. Yeah, exactly. And, but it's and, like it's so put people on an equal footing. Give them the information. Tell them what the buttons are, and then you can then you can. I mean, like I I also would never let someone win at Street Fighter. Do you know, I'm always going to compete with them on as hard a footing as I can give them. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a free win because I feel like that doesn't just cheat you. It cheats me. Yeah. Well, sorry. We're that's not, not the game. Doesn't, anymore. doesn't cheat me as much as it cheats you because if you beat me and it wasn't real mm. then that's not that's not a real win and it doesn't you shouldn't if you find out you're not going to feel good about the fact that I let you win yeah and you're not playing a game anymore yeah exactly you're, you're playing you're playing like a simulated fake version of that game so like so yeah I kind of it took a while for me to go and get away out of that mentality of going like I want this, like, I'm going to go and seek out this information and when I find it, I'm not going to tell people because that's the only reason I'll beat anybody. Yeah. And like, number one, no, it isn't. <laughs> because people will find out eventually and then you'll just be a fraud. Hmm. Or you'll just be the same as everybody else. And number two, like, um, people are really interesting. Like, when you give them... When you give them information that maybe you have... have they might look at it completely different to the way you use it. Yeah. And then you learn from them learning from you. Yeah, yeah. And you realise that like we're not gonna we're not gonna get there by ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we And not just that school's so great because we get to have all these people around us who we get to just trade information with and we incubate each other's ideas and mm-hmm. like push each other farther on than we, we thought it was possible and yeah and like you find a tutorial and you send it to me when I find a cool tutorial I'm gonna be like oh you know who might want to hear about this mm. Nate Nate might want to hear about this or like you say like maybe I send you a tutorial and you come back to me and go oh what about this bit of it and I'm like that went straight over my head explain that to me do you yeah. know what I mean like you don't necessarily know exactly what you've sent someone when you send them knowledge and you send them and you send them value, right? And you validate them as a person by saying, I think this is something you would enjoy. Yeah. I saw this and I thought of you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's good. Yeah. It's beneficial for everyone involved. It's it, it it's like you say, it's not it's not a battle. It's like there's yeah. there is that you might be competing, but if you're and also it's that whole soft skills thing again, right? If you're the guy who raises everyone up around him, you, like who's going to be the person that everyone wants to work with when you get jobs or they say, Oh, we really need a concept artist. It's like, Oh, you're not going to, you're not going to pick like Joe blogs who hoarded his little piece of information. And Oh, I've got all this knowledge about, well, I won't tell anyone cause I don't want them to know cause they will have an edge. So like, you're not yeah. going to invite that guy. You're going to be like, no, that guy's great. This other guy, Nate, yeah. he's fucking sick. Invite this guy in. And also like, like people who like learn in the bedrooms, like they're fantastic. Like, this is going back, like I'm going full circle back to what we were saying. Like people who learn in the bedrooms, like they get really good, but like they don't get those soft skills. Like they don't, they, they don't learn organically. They like boot camp themselves into. It. And like well, I've been there. Like I did it. Like I shut myself off. Like you know, even now, like I have periods where I just like spend time by myself and and work. But I have the opportunity, to, like even when I'm in those sort of moves, 
to like be pushed out of it and and go to the studio and talk to people and work in a team and like do stuff that I wouldn't ordinarily do and that is like all of that's like the big advantage that it comes with going to school mm-hmm. like yes you can sign up to schoolers and you can go to on YouTube you can you know do proco and all this other stuff and like, there's, there's endless amount of resources out there that you can learn how to be a good artist but there's like learning how to like draw properly and render and like learn lighting and colour and like all of that and it's great but design and artistic skill like only goes and being so far. creative like it's it's so hard to learn because it can't be taught very well it can only come from like personal experience and failures yeah and if you're in those sort of groups where like where we are now like where we're making games and we're going um, we're having designed multiple things and then go this doesn't work why because of this and you know and you have to iterate and you have other people relying on your designs it really pushes you to to be not just better like making a pretty picture but making a design that is for something and useful and has a purpose right and I think as well it's uh, it's hard to put a a value on something like a community around you people because like I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been overly critical of myself and equally other people are overly critical of themselves and is you know you sort of you show someone or you you know someone wanders over i'm terrible for it i just constantly wandering over to people's work and be like show me what you're working on i just just stick my nose in i don't really i don't have that um some people get very like scared and don't want to show their work etc and i'm just like show me what you got give me that sketchbook let me look through it but um but I think sometimes you need those people to like come in and where you look at your work and go, oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's terrible. There's one sketch in there that I like. And then they flick through and they always pick the one that you hate the most. It's so weird. But every time I have my sketchbook over, it's one that I fucking can't stand. Yeah. And someone goes, oh, I really like this. Oh, this one's really cool. And I'm just like, how do you think that? How does, but you're not you're not thinking with their eye, right? And I think it's so valuable to show other people what you're working on and have them say, this is amazing, this is brilliant. And yeah. equally, to have them look at the work and go, brilliant, but what about that bit? Or that bit's really not very good. Or, or, or they don't normally say it like that. But do you know what I mean? Is that, like it's something I really value about showing work to you specifically is that even if it's not something that you're trained in, something that you're learning specifically, it's, if you see something in my work that's not right, you will point it out to me. And I value that so much more than just a, a sea of people say, oh, that's lovely. But those people are necessary at times because sometimes you don't... You, I mean, I always want the crit, but like sometimes you, you're not in the right space to get the crit. You yeah. just want to hear, no, this is good. Mm. And, and I like positive reinforcement for like the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's something that I personally had... Um, because I was having a lot of doubts coming back from Christmas. Um, not from like, I don't remember, it was a mixture of, of not thinking I was good enough and not thinking that I was going to get into, get a job out of this and maybe I'd waste my time and I should have invested in something else and maybe I'm interested, like only interested in this because of this and like blah, blah, blah. And like, I took a big break over Christmas of just not drawing very much at all just because, which is like the first time in like five years that I've done that. Um, and I came back and I was like I'm not really feeling this and I was looking at the work that I did and I was like all of this is crap and 
you know, the same the same old sob story that like most students go through, most people in general. Um, and AD came over and just like was having none of it and was like, this is awesome. You've, you've done a great job. You've got a lot of good work here and you're entering into the rookies and I'm not going to hear the, another thing about it. And it sort of went, all right. And, but like, what about a job? And he was like, what do you want about a job? And I'm like, well, I've got to do something after this. I can't just leave university and then like not work. Like I have to like pay rent and all, you know, get food, pay bills, all this other shit. And he was like, it will come. Like, don't, it, don't put the pressure on. Don't it. put the pressure on that. It, it will come. It will eventually get there. Trust the process. And he was talking about. He was saying basically like, um, you get a junior job when you finish. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know whether I'm up to like get a junior concept art job. Not not that there is many. Um, and he was like, yeah, but I'd also kind of like put you a bit above a junior concept artist. And that was like huge going from him because as we talked about, he's like an industry vet. I know he's not a 2D specialist, but, like, he's worked in pipeline. He's a, he's a proper vet. He's a, Yeah. And you know, he worked on Donkey Kong Country, like, back in the N64 days, like, which is crazy. He worked on Donkey Kong Country on the N64? Yeah. Fuck me. He was an environment artist for the N64. That game was sick. Was it, was it the N64 or was it the Super Nintendo? I can't remember. One I, of the two. I think it was the N64. Don't yeah, I? he worked for Rare, dude. Jeez, that's so killer. And so he was like, I feel like you're a bit better than junior concept artist. Which was like the most praise I've ever gotten from somebody from that sort of position. Mm-hmm. Um, it really put the like, wind back in my sails. Yeah. And then I went away that evening and just drew like... Masturbated furiously. Just Constantly. so much. Just <laughs> hours and hours. <laughs> I'm the best concept artist in the world! <laughs> but, yeah, just it really, like, gave me, like, a newfound zeal. And not that, like, not that, like, I need regular, like, you know, sort of... There's some nice peaks. I'm <laughs> there. Yeah. That. that really, like, hit the, the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. It's not peaking properly. It's just, it's just touching. So I think we'll be alright. Um, but, but yeah, you were but saying, yeah, I really, yeah. I really kind of needed that at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I do see why. Like, it's great to get crit, but it's nice to have just every now and then just someone go, "No, you're doing it right. You're you're doing well. Yeah, just, yeah. Just keep going." It's why I always like. I don't know. I always try. Well, I actually I've stopped doing this, but like I used to always try and give some kind of constructive crit. Now I double check that the person wants crit before I give them crit, mm. um, because. It's not, I've never actively had anyone get angry at me, but I felt someone get like tensed up when I mentioned something in their work. And I was like, okay, well maybe I should be more careful about who I give crypt to because some people don't actually appreciate it. Mm. Um, but no, I always try and find something. Well, I mean, the shit sandwich, right? You always try and like, this is amazing. This is amazing. And you put that at the start at the end. And then in the middle... You go, what about this specific little bit? I'm yeah. not, uh, or I feel like this isn't as good as the rest of it or whatever. As it could be, yeah. Yeah, and it's like... And I always try and give that constructive crit in the hopes that people will always try and give me constructive crit back. And most people don't. Most people are just, oh, that's amazing, oh, that's so cool. Or, or they don't, you know, give you the time of day or whatever. But it's yeah. like... I find that it, it's the people that actually give you the feedback that you need 
are the most valuable. Those mm. are the people that you want to keep around because, like, you know, so, like, AD's, AD's been active, as I said, because we've both been learning Houdini together, basically, to the point now where I've gone past where he is on Houdini, like, a while ago now. Yeah. And it's just because I've got more time than him. He's, he's a fucking full-time lecturer as well as trying to, like, do other shit. He's busy boy. Mm. He's got family as well, so that, like, you know, takes a lot of time out of your day. Yeah. But, um... But now I, it's quite funny, really. I've, I've become somewhat the uh, the guy in the academy who does Houdini, mm. and uh, to the point now where um, there was a couple second years. Uh, John and Ad were saying because um, uh, John wandered over to my computer and was like, "Hey, Will," and I was like, "Hi, John." And it's not that, like I'm on bad terms with John, but it's like John never just wanders over to my computer and yeah, sees yeah. how I'm doing. And he was like, "So you're learning Houdini, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It's, really loving it so cool like it's an amazing program it's super powerful it can do all this stuff and I've talked to Zero for 25 minutes anyone who comes and asks me about Houdini is like look at all this cool stuff I just learned in Houdini today right. um, and um, I'm just a zealot for it but um, but he was like yeah because there's a couple second years that I've, I've told that they could they can come see you if that's okay and I was like yeah I'd, I'd love I'd love to tell them everything I know about Houdini and he also it's quite funny he came to me to ask how the He's like, so you can get Houdini licenses. Like, yeah, Andy's <laughs> like, why? <laughs> I'm going yeah. <laughs> to go talk to Andy. But like, I guess I'm the guy who knows because I'm the guy who's gone through the whole process. But yeah. like, yeah. And so he was like, oh, I can send some second years to you then. I'm like, yes, do send them to me because that'd be really cool. And uh, I can't remember why I got onto this. But yeah, oh, because AD's sort of like, so AD's constantly coming over to my computer and just Hello. checking on how I'm doing and seeing what I'm up to and like giving me crit on different stuff. And it's yeah. like, it's just... He is, he is awesome. He really is. He's a really great lecturer, yeah. Um, yeah, man. I feel like this podcast has just been about how wonderful AD is. Which <laughs> <laughs> is praising him. Um, he forced me to join the Grads and Games contest. I say yeah, forced. He's he really influenced. didn't force me to join anything. Yeah. He heavily encouraged me to participate in the Grads and Games contest. Which he's is, doing the same thing with, uh, with me and Rookies. Yeah. Yeah, because... Um, yeah, really pushing me to do that, which is which is awesome. It's what you need. It's mm. what you need is someone who who is of that level or that experience bar to push you and be like, no, do it. Get on with it. Go for it. Because, you know, we left to our own devices. It's something you've said to me multiple times. Like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah. But it's so hard to take those shots because you've got to put yourself out there and, like, yeah. be and vulnerable. To, to you, like, the work you're working on is never ready. No, no, that sort of thing. no, it'll never be ready. It'll yeah. never be done. And that's why something like a competition is so useful is because it gives you that deadline. Mm. And like as much as school gives you the deadlines, it's like, it's hard to care about school. Well, at least for me, it's hard to care about school deadlines because I'm like, I'm very aware of the fact that no one cares what grade you get. I feel exactly the same. And like, what was it? Like Beth was saying to me the other day, like, um, uh, was like, you know, I think you might actually get a first coming out of university. And I was like, yeah couldn't give a fuck really who really cares and like and she was like well you know it's better than not having a first and I'm like Is yeah it? I get that but literally no one's gonna look at like what grade I got in my degree like no you could come up with a third and if your of, portfolio is good enough they're not gonna care yeah it's kind of like annoying because you have the knowledge now of like GCC's like not mattering and then A level's not really mattering and now you know, like now you, like I suppose, it's, I suppose for us at least, we being had the mature break. students. Well, yeah, we had like a few years break, and we've been disillusioned and had the time outside the bubble of 
education. I was disillusioned day one, but yeah, go yeah. on. And, <laughs> Finish your point. And and you know that ultimately the the, the grades you get for your degree won't matter either. No. <laughs> like, it, it does, does in refle- certain things. It reflects, a lot of the time, it reflects the amount of work and effort that you put into stuff. But not all the time. Um, and I think, like, it's a good way to measure it yourself and, like, look at your progress and how you're doing. Like, it's a lot harder to get a, a first in third year than it is first year, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think it really matters that much. Like, not to not to employers. Not our career path. Certain yeah. career paths, they're like, you need at least a 2-1 to get this job or have this entry requirement for this thing or whatever, but not in our field, not in no, art. It's just portfolio. No one cares in art. Yeah. It's, it's portfolio and then resume. Well, resume first, then portfolio, because if yeah. you don't have a good resume, then no one cares about your portfolio because you've already disqualified yourself by being an asshole in your resume. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Well, first network, second resume, third portfolio. Yeah. But every single one of those can just... It's more just disqualifying yourself before you even get in the door on the yeah. first two and then like yeah they're keys to gateways in order to get looked at your portfolio and that's what you get you marked like marked on. Your, and that's what you get yeah your job gone. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah um should we wrap things up because i think it's oh no it's half eight that you're half eight half eight you're not coming no dude what the fuck nate what you got to come jujitsu. Why are you not coming? I told you I'm not going to. You just quit. I thought you said you weren't coming on Tuesdays. No, I just, I'm mean, not going to go. You're just not going to go? Yeah. Oh. I'm the worst of that. You shook hands with me and everything. We had a drunken handshake about how we're going to start jujitsu together. I know, I'm sorry. I, what you like. I'm you a, do this to me. Start D&D. And then you're like, I don't have time. Oh. I came over for the one-off session of D&D. Yeah. Which and reminds me... The, you, the whole point of the, the campaign was you doing like two or three... Sessions. sessions you made it to one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me, Ellis is coming down. All right, well, we'll wrap this up. We'll wrap this up. And you want to play in the D&D session? Yes, yes. And I want you there because you were good at it. It was really good fun. I felt you. really... Sad. Like, that was the thing. Like I felt really self-conscious and like I didn't think I was very good. No, Connor specifically was like, can you make sure you get Nate on it? Okay. Because... We've well, we've run out of players. It's really sad. Like our housemates last year are gone, and like, the like it's just there's no one around anymore. It's just me and Connor that want to play, and there's no one around. I just I I, I genuinely like I kind of I had fun, but I also was like I felt like I I didn't do very well. What are you talking about? You were excellent. It was so much fun to play with you. Okay, uh, maybe I'll come then. Yeah. All right. Maybe well, we'll that's a good place to 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 call it quits. I think on the how long have we been going for? Forty seven minutes. So with my. 10 minute inch. Is there anything you want to plug? Because this will be released re- relatively soon. Um, no, I mean, like, if you wouldn't mind putting, like, my art station or something on the. the well, why don't you tell the listeners? So, because, I mean, I'll put it in the link, but, like, well, you, can reach it. Art, you can find me on art station at Nathan Bedford, um, but there's no URL. It's like, nah, uh, www. Oh, they don't need the URL, just Nathan Bedford. Search Nathan for Bedford, yeah. And then. Instagram as well, but I don't really post very much. Is um, NJ Bedford, like Instagram. Tag. All right. Yeah. So this the this is the the future of the games industry, people. You better better get used to this fucking voice. All right. Good night. Ta da. <laughs>